For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome, Browns backers. I'm Chuck Campisi, joined by Tony Dick, and this is Believe in the Browns. And just to give you a quick background on who your hosts are, Tony Dick worked in various capacities with the Browns over the course of 21 seasons with the team. So when he mentions being in the building, it's being in the building. He started with the team as a member of the Browns crew in 91, worked with them up until the time they left for the city who shall not be named. Uh, <laughs> he rejoined the Browns upon their return to Cleveland and served his last nine years with the team as the team's manager of alumni relations before leaving in October of 2015. Tony is also a member of the Pro Football Researchers Association and has served as a research assistant for several documentary projects with NFL Films, NBC Sports, Time Warner Cable Sports Channel, and Epics. Myself, I have experience in the sports industry in various capacities with Major League Baseball teams, NCAA programs, the Miami Dolphins, the Buffalo Bills, and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where I earned a Super Bowl ring with the Buccaneers. Super Bowl, anybody? 37. 37. Uh, and between Tony and I, we've probably worked about 20 Super Bowls. We're brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Do you believe? Okay, Tony, we're here. It's Steelers week. But before we get on to the mayhem that is going to be Sunday at Pittsburgh, let's talk about the, I don't know, jubilance that was Sunday against the Dolphins. A nice 41-24 to 24 win. I think we both had the Browns winning. I think you had them winning by a greater margin than I initially did. However, before the weekend, I uh, had changed my mind to your way of uh, thinking and... Uh, Took home some coin on on uh, on the Browns on the on the over on the spread, uh, so it was nice. It was nice. I was glad to see they actually performed offensively and to relative extent defensively. Gave up some scores, but yeah, it wasn't the, wasn't the end of the world. So, what do you think of the performance on Sunday? Well, it, uh, it was pretty much what I had anticipated. Uh, it, you know, I, they did spread the ball around, which we said was one of the keys to the game is getting as many people involved as possible so that there was that still you know and I know that we won three in a row let's keep it positive but still one thing that did bother me was 
the play calling in the second half, and, and we can get to that later. But I, I mean, that's still something that we need we need to clean that up. Um, I, I'm not sure what the thinking was behind it, but otherwise, it was a it was a good performance. I, I mean, it was exactly what they needed to do to get through that game. Um, you know, I think they won in, in in dominating fashion. Although for a while there, you kept wondering when they were going to break loose. Um, you know, they did let Miami hang around a little bit longer than they probably should have. But at the end of the day, they got the job done. So, I mean, kudos to everybody. Uh, no one uh, no one was ejected, so that was good. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we got a streak started again there. And, um, I mean, it, I don't know. Overall, I think it was great. For the fans that were in attendance, I mean, uh, we kind of got that home field vibe back a little bit, which was missing earlier in the season. And I think that's important because if – we're going to be a championship team down the road. Um, being able to be dominant in your own house is something that's um, important. I mean, there's can't think of the last Super Bowl champion that was terrible at home. Um, <laughs> you, you know, so that that's important to build that um, you know atmosphere. So, if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. And at Believe Podcast, at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V dot com. So you're coming through this three-game stretch, and, and obviously it's it, it's not necessarily the class of the league that you're dealing with, but you did beat two teams with winning records, right? You beat the Bills, you beat the Steelers, you trounced uh, a Dolphins team that, know is easily bottom five of the nfl so so no great shakes there but at least a performance worthy of a team that was expected to be a contender against a team that was suspected to be in the bottom quarter of the league right so nothing nothing shocking there other than as you mentioned some of the play calling in the second half i don't necessarily wholly disagree with it i get where you're coming from um because i know what you're your take is I'm glad they opened it up in the first half though finally sort of throwing the ball a little bit on first down you know and then you get in a short yardage situation when it's you know second and three and then you really have the defense on their heels because hey you do have Chubb back there so you could easily run Chubb or you could easily throw it again because you know you got third down coming up so you're putting the defense in, in bad positions when you're getting six and seven yards on first down what was your issue with the play calling in the second half, I, I just thought, most especially in the fourth quarter when we had when we had a pretty sizable lead, uh, it was a little surprising to me that we were still throwing the ball. Most especially the throws we were making, uh, um, you know, Baker a couple times on those quick outs, quick slants. Uh, I mean, the, there was at least three times that I remember where he was very close to throwing interceptions. Which, when you're throwing those. You know those slants and outs on the outside. It's it's one on one coverage, which you know if your wide receiver beats them, that's great. But if you throw an interception, that guy has a path to the end zone. And, and I think when you're up by 14, I don't know if you're taking those kind of risks because you, you've got you've got to win the game. If you're up by 14, you've got to close the deal. And closing the deal is probably done best on a day when you're running for almost five yards of carry anyhow. By keeping the ball on the ground. I mean, we were dominating them. We had their line. Um, they were tired. They were beat down. 
I just, I would prefer to see that. I'm not looking for us to be taking risks when we have a game in hand. Not not when you're, every game matters from here on out. You know, if, if we had, things had gone a little bit differently, you know, at the beginning of the season, and we had a couple wins under our belt, you know, we let slip away, that that's different. Then maybe you can gamble a little bit. But when we have to win every single game in order to have an opportunity to go to the playoffs, you got you got to close those games out in a better fashion than we did. That's just my thought. I, I agree. I mean, I, and that's to say, I, I, I can't argue with you too much. Uh, I don't think it was bad in the third quarter. I think later in the fourth quarter, yeah, it's just just pound the rock and, and let's try to drain some clock. There's no yeah. reason to put yourself in a situation where maybe you get a pick six. Dolphin defense, it's still a group of NFL players. <laughs> you make a bad throw, guys can jump in front of that. So, Dolphins game, hey, it was pretty easy. Come out of this three-game stretch. I had mentioned it earlier. It was a key game, three-game stretch. The Browns come out 3-0. and So, exactly what you would have hoped for. Now, you're off to Pittsburgh. And, again, given the situation two weeks ago, this becomes an increasingly interesting game. And now you have not only that backdrop, but you have issues for Pittsburgh at the quarterback spot, where we don't necessarily know who is going to start. Is it going to be Mason Rudolph? Is it going to be Devlin Hodges? What the guy? What's the guy's nickname again? What's, what's the duck? The duck, right? The duck call champion, world champion, I believe, in like 2017. I don't know what it was, but um, out of Samford, what, what's your opinion on the Pittsburgh offense coming into this game? Well, I, I think this we go back to the Denver game, right? <clears throat> I, I mean, even though this guy uh, doesn't have a ton of experience under his belt, it's the, the fact that you're preparing for the unknown. You don't know which one of the two right now are going to start. So you've got a game plan. I think we can pretty much assume that we've got the game plan for Rudolph down. But, you know, here's a guy that you're going to have to game plan. Hit him plan with his helmet? For. Is that the game plan? <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't want to go there. But I'm bump. Yeah. Uh, but... Um, so I, I think in that regard, it's probably not the best situation for us. I think going into it, if we just thought it was Rudolph and, or, or if it was just going to be Rudolph, we'd be better off that way. But I, I, I think they're, they're so decimated on offense. I'm not saying we don't have to pay attention to it. I think the key to this game isn't going to be so much stopping their offense. The key to winning this game is going to be keeping our offense going. And I think, uh, you know, I will give credit to the Browns for sitting in Joku for one more game. He was available for this game and they sat him. I think to finish this season out, to have a healthy in Joku isn't going to be important because that, if, if, he, if they take advantage of him being on the field, adds a wrinkle that I think opens up both the passing game on the outside and the running game in the middle that could make this offense an explosive off. Once you have that tight end who's able to run up those seams and you've got to respect him, uh, I mean, you, you're pulling linebackers out to guard him. Well, especially I mean, he's not the only weapon, right? I mean, know, if all you well, had yeah. was him, right, it's a different story. Yeah. But when you have Beckham and Landry then on the on the wings there, and then you got Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb coming out of the backfield, that makes it who are you not covering? Yeah, essentially. Yeah, and, and the key is going to be for the uh, the line to give Baker enough time, you know, that to, to, to take a look at what's out there and and make the best choices. You know, so I like I said, I, I I'm not so worried about us shutting down their offense. I think that'll take care of itself. I just think we need to keep our offense rolling. If we keep our offense rolling, for one, it keeps their offense off the field anyhow, 
and I think we should be fine if we can do that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think their offense is going to be that amazing to a certain extent, given that they only scored 16 points against the Bengals. Um, well, didn't even throw for too. didn't even throw for 200 yards. Yeah, but hopefully they're not taking that attitude in the locker room because, as you mentioned, they took that attitude. You yep. can seemingly tell against Denver, and it didn't work out for them. Yeah. So, um. so that's. I mean, that's where you do get a little worried. Is it is in Pittsburgh? That crowd is going to be livid, and they are going to be loud, and it is going to be insane in that stadium yeah. on Sunday from that standpoint. And you have the opportunity to maybe maybe that crowd energizes that offense a little bit. Maybe they play a little bit above their level because of the game situation. And it's an important game for both teams, yeah. right? If Pittsburgh wants to keep that sixth spot, which they have right now, they're the sixth seed in the, in the AFC, they're going to have to win this game. If yeah. the Browns want to get back in the hunt, they're going to have to win this game. So it's a big game for both teams. But I think the pressure, to a certain extent, is a little more on the Browns because of some of those things. They're obviously a more talented offensive team. Yeah. They're, I mean, without Garrett, it's debatable on the defensive side of the ball. But I think it's, yeah. I think you're, most people are going to side with the Browns being the more talented team overall. However, they have the worst record. You know, and if you lose this one, then you split the season series with Pittsburgh, and essentially instead of just being, I mean, you would be five and seven, and they would be seven and five. You would actually be three games back because they'd have the head-to-head. Yeah, I, I think this is one where you know I, I think we say it every I think we've said it every week for the last three weeks at least. Uh, you hate to see must win, but I think if you want to go to the playoffs this year, you have to beat Pittsburgh this week it, it, because it, it puts it puts you ahead of them in the fact that you've beaten them twice. If it gets to a tiebreaker. Uh, you know, and I think it, it you're putting you're putting a dagger into them when they're down, and and you can't, <clears throat> you know, it's like a prize fight. You know, the guy gets off the canvas. You want to get them back on the canvas again as soon as possible. You don't want them to get their legs back. And I think if we allow them to win this game, you know, especially if they're juggling the quarterbacks and and they don't have their full you know menu of of weapons on offense, it'll be it'll be more than a win. For them, I mean that that'll give them confidence, and then it'll also give them two games up on us. And uh, I don't think we'll be able to overcome that. So, yeah, I hate to say must win, but guess what? It's must win, and it's must win. You know, yeah, I know this is a football podcast, but I, I liken it to the Indians. You know, the last couple years we've had this happen to the Indians at times, where we've had a great team, but because we came out of the gates slow we end up putting ourselves in a position where we just simply cannot catch everyone at the end. Even though we're playing great ball, we can't catch everyone at the end. And unfortunately, I think that's where we've put ourselves. We've, we've painted ourselves into a corner and put ourselves in a position where there's zero margin for error. We have to win these games. You know, I know you don't like looking ahead, but Baltimore's coming, and, and Baltimore has got a pretty good team right now. And, you know, we've got to win these games that are winnable. Um, well, and that's the thing. and it, it, It's not like the Steelers' schedule is that much more difficult, right? They have the Ravens, too. So we both they both yeah. play the Ravens, right? Then, okay, obviously we're playing each other this weekend. Then they have the Cardinals. They have the Bills. They have the Jets, right? We have the Bengals. We have the Cardinals. And then we have the Bengals again. So the Bills are probably the tougher of those teams but hey they can still win that game it's not like the bills are a juggernaut and and they're undefeatable and 
that game's going to be at Pittsburgh. Yeah. So that's an e- that's a winnable game for them. And if we don't win this and even that score up, then I think it's it's impossible for us to make yeah. the playoffs from that standpoint. So if we even want to think about making the playoffs, this is I would agree with you, and we have been saying it, but they have been. When you're two and six. Pretty much every game is a must-win, yeah. right? Yeah. So they've won those three, so now they're five and six. In order for them to get back to 500, get square, and as you said, win that season series against the team they're really going to be competing with, or one of the teams that they're going to be competing with for that playoff spot, they're going to have to win this Sunday. Can they put all of that behind them, right? You have D. Haslam wearing a hat in support of Miles Garrett on Sunday, so this thing is going to be front and center. Do they have... The leadership have enough people stepped up. I was happy that no one got to wear the red nose. I didn't have to give my uh, weekly clown nose to anybody. I got to keep it in its little box uh, <laughs> for this week. I didn't have to bust it out. Are they going to be able to put it behind them, focus on the game, win the game without any shenanigans this week? Yeah. Well, yeah, to be to be honest with you, and I'm not sure what the coach's stand, what you know, what he's done with it this week. I think you've got to start early in the week with the guys and say, listen, this is not, this isn't even, we're not mentioning this. If it comes up in a press conference, we move on to the next question. We are focused on the game, like the in, inside the lines, inside the rules. You know, it, that has to be our, <laughs> that has to be our focus because you cannot, as you said, the crowd is going to be bananas. And for, this is a young team. I mean, in, in this is a young team that has been, uh, not a very good team, okay? So we haven't really had to go into a stadium where anyone really feared us to the point where they felt like they had to, you know, cheer. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, most people could just put their legs up and, uh, you know, read the Sunday paper while, while you know, their team thrashed us. You know, there was no need for the crowd to get into it. But for this game, that crowd is going to be into it. That whole that whole scene, right? The, the, the standing on the sidelines or in the huddle and looking up and just seeing... 50,000 towels waving around, people screaming and yelling and, you know, saying whatever. It's going to be out there. And you've got to know that Pittsburgh, their back's against the wall too. So if, if we start getting ahead by a couple points and they they feel like, you know, they're being painted into a corner, you better believe they're going to they're gonna try to start something. I, I mean, I would. if <laughs> You know, just, just because you know you've already gotten, you know, us to lose our cool once. Well, let's try it again. I mean, if it's not working with the on-field and what we're doing, um, let's see if we can get them rattled in some other way. And you, and this is where having veteran leadership and, and a coach that has control over his players comes in handy um, because you can't allow this game to become something other than a football game. You've got to keep it to the football. And I think that's going to be tough because you, I don't think you've had players, even the – quote-unquote veterans, right? If you're looking to Jarvis Landry, if you're looking to Odell Beckham, those guys have a combined two playoff games, one apiece. They have not been in competitive games during their NFL careers either. And people say, well, they played here in college. Okay, you know, that was six years ago that those guys did that. And it's a completely different environment. I agree with you. It's going to be really challenging. I don't know if the leadership on the team is fully there. If I think if they can get through this week, play well, and focus on the game, like you said. If people are in the locker room pounding that message, I hope they are. I'll have a lot of faith going into the the last four weeks of this season, five weeks of this season. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm also worried Coach Tomlin knows his back is against the wall, 
right? I don't think he's worried about his job. I'm, I'm thinking yeah. in terms of this season and this season being a success. And if he can coach this team to the playoffs, man alive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could never get rid of that guy, right? Yeah. I don't know if our team's going to be prepared for some of the stuff they pull out. I think offensively, they're going to pull out some stuff that we might not be expecting. I wouldn't be surprised to maybe see an onside kick, to see some kind of trickeration yeah. from an offensive standpoint. I think he's going to throw the whole bag of goodies at us this week, knowing that this is a must win. Yeah, and to get back a little bit, you know, like I said, I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm even critical of myself with the nitpicking, but... You know, when you talk about the veteran leadership, I mean, we, we just, we do not have it. We simply do not have it. Our, our vets, our stars on the team, um, at times, obviously, last uh, two weeks ago uh, was a, a prime example. They tend to be the most immature on the team. And, and, you know, that was one of the things in that Miami game. Like, I get that Landry, you know, he felt that he had been discarded by the Dolphins and he had something to prove. But even... After he scored his first touchdown and the antics that, uh, you know, ensued after that. Okay, well, you got your point across. But it was like the whole entire game, it, it, you know, looking over to their bench and doing it. And, and that's really, to be honest with you, that's what worried me in the fourth quarter. Because if you look in the fourth quarter, who were they targeting? Baker was locked on to Landry for a lot of those <laughs> plays. He was locked on to him from the minute they snapped the ball, he was looking for him. And that scares me because, you know, you... For one, you had the opportunity for him to get injured in a, in a game where we already had it under control, just hand the ball off. But two, it also allowed him more opportunities to just continue the just immature shenanigans. I mean, if you watch if you watch the good teams, they just win. You just win and leave. We said it two weeks ago. If that had happened against Pittsburgh the first time, we're looking at this game completely different. I mean, think about it. I mean, if we've if we've got Miles Garrett and, and what happened two weeks ago didn't happen, we just beat them, just beat them down and walked off that field. Pittsburgh right now would be, I think they would be more worried than they are. It sounds funny. I agree. But, but they'd be more worried than they are because, you know, there's nothing better than just beating somebody and walking away and not saying anything. I think that, that leaves probably more fear in your heart than, you know, walking off the field taunting them. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't know. I wish we had better veteran leadership. I guess in what well, I guess it'll just take time, right? We'll wait five years and we'll have veteran leaders. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. That is a concern. They they have to keep it the football. I, I can't say that enough. They got to keep it the football and keep the nonsense. And hopefully the owner is smart enough to keep her nonsense at home too. I mean, don't get me down that road. I mean, it's there's no no reason for that. As an owner, you want to support your guys, fine. Write them a check for $1.3 million on the side to pay for, you know, to make up for all the salary he's going to miss. salary cap violation. Tony. Yeah, the well, you know, could be a gift. Gift it to his foundation. <laughs> you, you know, just an anonymous gift to his foundation. Um, Have your brother, the governor, do something. Um, <laughs> so from, from that standpoint, what's the prediction for Sunday? Going into Heinz Field, Sunday, 1 yeah. o'clock start. I have to make two predictions. I'm going to make two predictions. I hate to do this, but whatever. It's, it's our show. I can do whatever I want. Um, you can make three if you want. Well, if, if 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 Njoku comes in and they utilize Njoku, and, and I'm, I, it's, it's going to be his first game back, so I'm going to say if he has four quality touches in the game, I, I think they win by 21 points. So I'd have to say, I don't know, 20, 27 because there'll be a missed extra point or field goal. Um, we've got this. Keep that streak going. I'd say uh, 27-13. Browns? Browns. 
Oh yeah, I'm just um, making sure. Just making sure. Now, if if Injoku isn't a big, you know, if he's not getting those four to five quality touches, and we're not doing a similar thing uh, as, as we did this past week with getting more people touches, then I think it's a much closer game. I'd say it's like a 17-14. Well, it'd have to be 16-14 game, right? We gotta miss extra points. Uh, it's something. I'd say 16-10, something like that. But but if they can if they can establish right off, right out of the gate the offense that they had last week, then I think they could roll on them by even more than fourteen. But I'll say fourteen just to be conservative because you know we are in Pittsburgh. Um, okay. All right. I'm gonna say I'll go with the same score. Um, I have I'm gonna say seventeen ten Browns and and that and that's what I'll go with. I I just I think Pittsburgh's defense is gonna be playing a little higher pace than. Than we would anticipate, because I think that crowd's going to give them a little bit of a boost. And it won't be, uh, it won't be five. Just to clarify, it won't be five field goals and a safety for the Browns. It, it yeah. could be, it could be, it could be, um, it could be five field goals and a safety. But let's, which means there would have been ten attempts. Let's. Oh, he did. Hey, two <laughs> for three, two for three. And uh, and all the extra points. The two all for three, but 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 I do please, uh, you, you know. Uh, I don't want to be the only one. Am I not the only one who was nervous when it when we were just hovering around that fourteen? You know, when we had fourteen and we kept getting the ball on turnovers and we weren't getting points. And I'm like, man, do not let this game stay close because especially when Baker started throwing those passes to the outside, every time he threw the ball, I'm like, please don't let this be an interception and, and run back because. I felt like we we allowed them to stay in that game far longer than they needed to be. I mean, as 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 much as we were beating them down and just running at will on them, I mean, we were Chubb was killing them. He I was, mean, you know, and um, even Hunt when he got a, a couple touches was killing them. And then when we started going back to throwing that ball, I'm thinking, man, this is this is NF this is AFC North. And when you get Njoku back and you've got these two backs going, we've got to get our offense clicking in AFC North mode. We've got to start running the ball. We Our goal should be to have two 100-yard rushers and get Njoku at least four or five quality touches. You do that, those other guys will take care of their own numbers. Because for guys like Beckham, guys like Landry, for them to get 100 yards, if you're doing it right, they might only need four touches to get 100 yards. I mean, if you're doing it right. So you don't really have to spread it around that much for them to get their love. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the rushing offense is top 10 in the league. I mean, they're averaging 4.9 yards a carry, so you're not arguing too much with that. But defensively, they're they're just as – they're actually worse against the rush. I mean, they're bottom yeah. bottom five in the Only league Connors against the rush. So, well, and that's the nice thing about this yeah. game is I don't know who's going to be back there for Pittsburgh. Additionally, with the quarterback situation, it looks like their offense is going to be in a little bit of disarray. All their receivers, the injuries they've had there, the quarterback injuries, the running back injuries, Pouncey not in the game. It it should line up well for the Browns' defense, but you know we are who we are, so uh, we got the predictions we got. So I got seventeen ten. What do you got again, Tony? What was that? Your final line there. I don't remember. All right, I'll have CT to go. CT. All right. <laughs> I edit this part out, folks. Um, That's from slapping my head uh, for the first five games of the season. It's self-induced CT. Self-induced CT. 
All right, folks. So that kind of wraps it up for us. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate and review us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can find us at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com, and at Believe Podcast, at B-L-E-A-V Podcast. If you're interested in advertising on the show, please contact Believe at Believe.com, B-L-E-A-V.com. Tony, that's all we got. Chub check. Got to get my chub check in. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.